So we're continuing in our series, our how-to Christmas series. In the past few weeks, we learned how to manage our anger. We learned how to resist temptation. And we learned how to have peace with others. And this week, we're going to learn how to patiently wait. Now, no one really likes to wait. And it actually starts back in our childhood, right? Thinking back to our childhood, waiting for anything wasn't fun. And this week in particular, when you were a kid, remember that? Like, you're just waiting. Like, I can't wait till Christmas. I can't wait to find out what I'm going to get, right? So, you know, as we get older, uh, we start to realize that, like, I wish I was just waiting for presents. <laughs> I mean, and uh, basically, we start to realize that there's a lot of other things that we're waiting for. Now, the first Christmas was a fulfillment of a long waiting period for God's people. The prophecies about Jesus the Messiah spanned almost a thousand years. And realistically, the wait goes back all the way to right after Adam and Eve sinned, that God would send someone to deliver. The reason is that God's people were waiting to be freed of their sin and once again be accepted into the family of God, to walk in that close relationship with God. Galatians 4 was our scripture reading this morning. It says this, But when the fullness of time has come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. So basically what this verse, these verses do is they kind of encompass the gospel. When the fullness of time had come, when the right time had come, everybody was patiently waiting, but when the right time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. So God sent his son Jesus to his people to actually redeem us from our sin. And because now when we trust in Christ, when we trust that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the price for our sins, when we trust that he was raised from the grave to prove that he is God, when we trust that, we are born again. We are freed from our sin. We are no longer slaves to what? Our sin. But now we are sons and daughters of the king. We're sons and daughters of the king when we trust in Jesus. Then it says, God has sent his spirit of his son in our hearts crying, Abba, Father. And that's like Abba is like a term, like Daddy, Father, like a term of endearment. So we cry out to God because guess what? Even though we are Christians that we believe in Jesus as our Savior, we still have issues in life, right? We still have issues in life. We still have things going on. So we still cry out to God. So now that Jesus has come and freed us from our sin and brought us into his family, it doesn't mean we're done waiting on him. In fact, you may feel that you've been waiting even more now that you are a Christian. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to deal with two main questions. And the first question is, is what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Well, the answer to that depends, right? It really depends. But what I want to do is bring up some common things in life that we may wait for. And the first is victory in an area over sin. When you trusted in Jesus, did you just stop sinning? You're like, whoa, I don't do anything wrong anymore. No, that's not the way it happens, right? The answer is no. Your desires may have changed. 
You may have felt guilty about your sin. You may have realized that you should not be engaging in the sins that you once were. But the truth is, you probably did not stop sinning. And in fact, now there's just added complexity to your life because now you feel bad about some of the things that you do. And before, you were either unaware or you didn't care, okay? You just were unaware or you didn't care. So at some point, you may start trying not to sin, and then you realize it's hard not to do the things you once did, maybe due to habit, maybe due to enjoyment, maybe due to temptation like we talked about. So you need help, and you're waiting on the Lord to give you victory over sin. If you're here on Communion Sunday, I say it all the time, you can't do it on your own. You need to give it to the Lord. And maybe you've been doing that and it still hasn't been working, so you're waiting on the Lord. Maybe you're waiting for clarity to make a decision. We make hundreds of decisions in a day, but some decisions have huge implications in our lives. So we look for guidance from God, but sometimes we don't get the answer right away, so we need to wait, right? So we're looking for clarity. Like, I, I, I got to figure out what I have to do in this situation. We're looking for clarity, so we're waiting. Maybe right now you're waiting for the right fill in the blank, okay? The right fill in the blank, the right person, the right college, the right career, the right salary. You fill in the blank. Maybe you're single and you're looking for someone to possibly marry. Maybe you're in high school and you're looking at colleges. Maybe you're in college and you're looking for a career. Maybe you have a career and you're looking to increase your salary. Maybe you're in one career and you're thinking, I think I need a different career. Okay, You're waiting for the right fill in the blank. You're waiting for the right fill in the blank. Maybe you're waiting for deliverance from suffering. You're suffering, maybe because it's your health. Maybe it's a fertility issue. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it's a marital issue. Maybe it's a parenting issue. Maybe it's a relational issue in general with other people. Because of these things, you're suffering, and you don't see an end in sight, so you're waiting. God, when is this going to end? And finally, maybe you're waiting for someone to change. Someone in your life needs to change, right? They need to change. Their behaviors need to change. The way they treat you need to change. The person maybe that you're waiting for, maybe you're waiting for them to come be, become a believer. Maybe this Christmas, you're really like, I pray that they just, just come out to Christmas Eve service so they hear the message because they need to trust in you, oh Lord. Maybe you're waiting for a person in your life to grow. They don't seem to be changing and you're waiting. So we wait and hope that God does something. We wait and hope that God does something. In Romans 8, 25, it says this, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So we don't see it yet, or we don't see it happening, but the posture of us while we wait needs to be with patience. This is difficult, right? Because many of us aren't patient. 
I mean, maybe down to like the littlest things. Like I know for me personally, like just going shopping, not just this time of year, but just going shopping. Like I walk in and, you know, the first thing I do is I check the line. How's the line? Yeah, I've literally walked out of stores. I'm like, the line's too long. I don't need it, okay? I'm done. Even if it's like groceries, I'm just like, we're going to have to get them some other day, okay? And, you know, so sometimes you're just not patient. You know, if I'm walking through that store, if I get behind the person that's walking slow, I'm like, how am I going to get around this person? And then I start to think, man, I'm a, I'm a terrible person here. Like, I can't even walk through a store because I'm not patient. And I wish it was just those little things, but it's so much more than that, isn't it? Which brings us to our second question, and that is, how do we patiently wait? How do we patiently wait? So here's what I'm going to do, and, and this is crazy for, uh, for a patience um, sermon. I'm going to give you 10 ways. <laughs> oh, seriously, 10? It'll go quick. So I'm going to give you 10 ways from the scriptures to patiently wait. Ten ways from the scriptures to patiently wait. The first way is we wait joyfully. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Because there's hope, because there's always hope, we can be joyful. Many times we let a situation steal our joy, don't we? We're in a situation where we're waiting, and then we're not joyful. It takes a smile right off our face. We don't feel like we have joy. We're not getting what we want, but this passage says that we can rejoice in the fact that there is hope. There is hope it will change. There's hope that you may be delivered. There is hope that you can learn from what you're going through. I'm going to say that again. There's hope that you can learn from what you're going through because so many times the things that we're waiting for are just lessons that we need to learn. And sometimes we're so stubborn and won't learn those lessons. And God's like, keep waiting. Okay, You need to learn. So we need to be joyful. The next thing is in the, actually the same passage, and that's we pray. We pray. Rejoice in hope. Be pray, patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Because there's hope, because there's hope, we need to be constant in prayer, meaning as we wait for whatever we're waiting for, we consistently bring it to the Lord in prayer. Prayer shows, one, our dependence on God, but prayer actually changes us. The worst thing that you can do when you're waiting for something is just to sideline the prayer, okay? Just sideline the prayer. It's not happening. Nothing's happening. I'm just stopping, okay? I'm just not going to talk to God about this anymore. Do you realize that you need to be constant in prayer? There's people actually in my family that someone in my family was praying for someone else for over 20 years to become a believer, 20 years. You ever pray for anybody for 20 years? You're like, I prayed for somebody for like maybe 20 days, but that's about it. So the thing is, like you really need to be constant in prayer. You never know when the Lord is going to end that waiting period. So we be constant in prayer. Next, we wait quietly. Lamentations 3, 25 through 26 says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him, it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You know what? Sometimes we just need to shut things down. Sometimes what we're waiting for is something that the world is actually loudly telling us that we need. But the truth is, we don't even need it at all. 
So the, the world is telling you, you need this. And you're like, Lord, I need this. I need this. I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for this. And you need time to get in the quiet to realize what this is that you're actually waiting for and whether you actually need it or not. Mother Teresa rightly said, silence gives us a new way of looking at something. Silence gives us a new way of looking at something. We need to get ourselves in a quiet place. I know for me, one of those places in the ocean, spending time surfing. I'm floating there waiting for waves. People are, you know, floating there waiting for waves as well. But I have time where nothing is really bothering me. Nothing's grabbing my attention. You know, some people, I've had people say, you know, oh, they have the Apple Watch. You, you know, you can get text messages while you're surfing in the water. I'm like, I surf so I don't get that stuff. I don't want that stuff. I want the quiet. So maybe for you, maybe it's casting a line out and fishing. You know, just having that time, just fishing. Maybe it's running. Maybe it's walking. Maybe it's going for a hike in the woods. Maybe it's sitting in your office. The important part is this. It's shutting things down. It's actually giving your mind and your heart and your soul actually some time to take in what's going on. Next, we patiently wait while reading his word. Psalm 135 through 6 says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. In his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than a watchman for the morning, more than the watchman for the morning. The watchman waited for the morning because he's relieved of his duty of keeping watch. He's awake and aware during his rounds all night. He's investigating what he hears and what he sees. This is how we should come to God's word, investigating what we hear and what we see. Some people grab God's word, they start reading it. And actually, now's a really good time to actually talk about this because we're coming up on a new year and like with the Bible version, the version Bible app and stuff, you can get yourself in a year-long plan. And some people... Some people look and they read something and they don't understand it. So they're just like, oh, you know, I tried to read the Bible, but I don't understand it. I, I didn't understand a passage. Well, that's where you look and investigate and you start to ask questions because the truth is the Bible is God's word and it's useful for every generation and every person for every time period. So while we're waiting... While we're waiting, we need to be investigating his word. Am I, I'm willing to bet that God gave you this time of waiting so that you can learn more about him and how he wants you to grow. The main way we learn about God is through his word. See, in God's word, what we're going to do is we're going to learn about other people that may have been in similar situations how they responded, what happened and what they did. In his word, we find guidance and comfort. In his word, we find peace and we find truth. You're in this waiting period for whatever you're waiting for because God wants you to dig into his word and find out what he has to say to you. Maybe the waiting you're doing now is a direct result of God desiring you to crack open his word and get to know him a little bit better. Next, we patiently wait in faith. Galatians 5.5 5 says, For through the Spirit by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. We eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. And again, we have hope. Notice the hope is of righteousness, meaning that God will and is going to 
God's will is going to come out in this situation. Righteousness is going to come out in this situation in the form of God's will in your life. Remember Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Faith is the assurance of the things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. We know that God is there. We know he has things planned out in our lives. Remember Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship creating Christ Jesus for good works so that we should walk in them, okay? He has these things planned out for our lives. So while we wait for those plans to actually unfold, we have to have faith in him. We have to have faith. This is part of the plan. It doesn't mean it's not hard, okay? It doesn't mean it's not hard, but it's part of the plan. Next, we patiently wait with humility. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. This is such a great verse. Definitely worthy of one of uh, committing to memory. It's a great verse for a few reasons. And the first, it says that at the proper time, Part of the frustration of waiting is that we want something to happen when? In our time, okay? We want something to happen in our time. But we are learning that this has to happen at the proper time, which is God's timing. Look at it this way. If you are still waiting, it is not the proper time for the waiting to end. If you're still waiting, it is not the proper time for the waiting to end. And I don't know about you, but I don't want anything to happen in my life if it's not the proper time. I just don't. Because God says at the proper time. So I want to wait for the proper time. I might not agree with that timing, but I want to wait for the proper time. The second is this, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. While, we're wait, while we wait, we're often tempted to think God doesn't care. God doesn't care because if he did, he would do what I want, okay? If he really cared, he would listen to me and do exactly what I want. Or another temptation is to worry so much about the situation, rather than living your life, you spend time in that worry. You worry so much about the situation that you forget to actually live and do the things that God desires you to do. This verse reminds us, hey, listen, he cares for you. If somebody in your life says, I care for you, that means something, doesn't it? Well, God cares for you, but he can back it up. Okay, It's not just lip service. He cares for you. So with humility, we wait because here's what prideful people do. Here's what prideful people do. I can take care of this. I'm taking this in my own hands, and I'm going to take care of this. But the humble person takes the issue to God because they know, or we know, hopefully it's us, that he cares. I'm not going to be prideful and say, I can take care of this. I'm going to be humble and say, God, you need to take care of this for me. I can't do this on my own. Next, or number seven, if you're keeping track, okay, is rest in his justice. Proverbs 20, says this, do not say I will repay evil, wait for the Lord and he will deliver you. You know what, sometimes we have an issue with another person. We're hurt, we're angry, 
we're frustrated. Okay? If, if, if you have that issue with another person you missed last week, go back. Listen to having peace with others. Okay? But we're hurt. We're angry. We're frustrated. We think, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to go do this or that to get them back. Well, here's what you need to do. You need to rest in the justice of God. He's going to deliver you. You just wait on him. You just wait on him. Maybe this person has hurt you and, and, and you're waiting around to see like, oh, I want, I, want, I want that person to realize it or I want that person to pay. What God is saying is, listen, listen, I'll take care of that person. You just wait on me. Don't say I'm going to repay them. Don't say I'm going to get them back. Don't say I'm going to call them and give them a piece of my mind. Don't do any of that. Just, just wait. Just wait. And he's going to work out the situation. Next, we patiently wait, expecting strength. Expecting strength. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but, the, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You might think, I don't like this situation. I want it to change. I want it to end. Lord, you have to do something about this. In the waiting, your faith can be sharpened and you can be developing spiritual strength. Know that. In your waiting, your faith can be sharpened and you can be developing spiritual strength. Listen, if everything in life goes the way you think it should, you would be a very weak person. Think about that for a second. If everything in life went exactly as you think it should, you would be a very weak person. Most of you here know that hardships actually sharpen you. Hardships rightly responded to hardships, obviously, but hardships actually sharpen you, actually help strengthen you, actually help you run to the Lord rather than run away. You've heard me say this hundreds of times, right? When, 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 when bad things happen or when suffering comes, there's two types of people, those who run away from God and those who run to God. Those who run to God are spiritually strong because we realize this is where it comes from. That's the well that I'm drawing from. That's where I get my strength. That's how I'm going to pass through this next one. Many of you realize you go through one hardship and you're like, oh, I'm so thankful I'm through that and the Lord delivered me. And then you just get that funny little thought in the back of your head thinking, what's he preparing me for next? What's coming down the pike? Let me just tell you, as long as we're on this earth, we can expect things to go wrong, okay? That's a promise. Merry Christmas, okay? <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. And you know what? We can expect God to give us strength to go through. But some things are really tough. And some things are just scary, aren't they? Some things are just tough and they're just scary. Health issues, financial issues, health of a loved one. So what the Lord tells us is next we wait with courage. Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Know that whatever battle you are facing, 
Whatever fight you're in, it belongs to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. Let your heart take courage. Don't be afraid if what you're waiting for is not happening. Remember that list? Don't be afraid if what you're waiting for is not happening. Just take courage. Know that this is God's plan right now for you in your life. Which brings us to the final thing, and that is remember that he is good. Psalm 107.1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for what? He is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Some of the things will not change. You might be waiting for something to change. It will not change. Some of the things can't be fixed. You might be waiting for them to be fixed, but they can't be. Some of the things we will not be delivered from. Some of the things will never be the same again. No matter how much faith you have, no matter how much you pray, no matter how long you patiently wait, but that does not change the fact that God is good. It just doesn't. It doesn't change the fact that God is good. So now when I answered the first question, what are you waiting for? Remember, victory in an area of sin, clarity to make decision, the right fill in the blank, delivering from suffering, someone to change. I focused in on common things that many of us wait for. But as believers, it is easy for us to get discouraged with the way that this thing is going with the way maybe the world is going. It's easy for us to focus on these common things of waiting for. But here's what I want to do. I want to close with reminding you what you should be waiting for. Hey, these are common things to be waiting for. I'm not saying they're wrong to be waiting for. But I want to close with reminding you what you should be waiting for, and that is for Jesus to return. That's where our focus needs to be. It needs to be on him. We wait, we wait, we wait for all these other things. But as believers, we need to look at life and say, you know what? I'm living each day in view of him coming back. So I have a few verses here. James 5, 7. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth? Be patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. So our patient waiting will end when Jesus comes. We're like farmers waiting for the harvest. And what happens when the harvest comes for the farmers? Right? They harvest it and guess what? They throw a huge party. They celebrate because the harvest is good. Philippians 1.6 And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion when? At the day of Christ Jesus, when Jesus returns, God is continuing to work in you. Whatever you're waiting in right now, he's working in it. Allow him to work in it. Practice those things. Allow him to work in it. He's working in it with you. And guess when you're going to be complete? Either when he comes back or he calls you home. Which brings us to the final verse, and that is, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus. We will not wait forever because this world is not our home. And Jesus may call us home before he comes. 
Great. Where Jesus may come. Great. Okay. I got two great options here. I got two great options. So when we get there, guess what? It's like the harvest. We're going to celebrate all the waiting's over. All these things we listed, guess what? They're not going to make any difference. All these things we've been waiting for are not going to make any difference anymore because we'll be celebrating in our heavenly home with our Savior, Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day. We're so thankful, Lord, that we can wait on you that we're privileged to have a God who loves us so dearly that we can wait on you. Lord, I pray for whatever is going on in all of these people's lives, Lord. I pray that you would help them to fix their eyes on you. Practice these things so the waiting is useful, so they don't waste the time of waiting. But Lord, Keep their attention on you. Keep their focus on who you are and what you've done for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.